You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 53 of Take a Vow Podcast. I'm your host, Eli Tokash. And oh, my goodness. What I, I just have to say, it's been an incredible week. We've literally launched three episodes in the last seven days. It's been pretty it's been pretty insane. It's been pretty amazing and fun. Um for those of you who missed it and may be unsure of what I'm talking about, I released a bonus episode for Take a Bow on Monday where we did BPN did a whole like little press thing for In the Heights. And so you'll hear from me and you'll hear from four other podcasts who also got the uh pleasure of interviewing some of the stars of the new In the Heights film. Um, and it's a bunch of like mini episodes put into one. Mine was 10 minutes and I did it with Gregory Diaz. So if you didn't check that out yet, go check it out if you're interested. It We talk all things in the Heights and careers before that and all kinds of fun things with all of the stars of In the Heights. And you'll hear from other podcasts on the Broadway Podcast Network. But that's not what today is about. Today is about episode 53 with none other than the Natalie Weiss. And I am so excited because this episode has been a long time in the making. And today is the day that you all get to hear it. And I couldn't be more excited. But before we turn it over to the interview portion, let's get into some Broadway news. Um, So like I said, lots of content for Take a Bow, but there's also been a lot of things happening surrounding Broadway. Of course, we I say I feel like I say that every week, but it's true. I mean, we we're reopening. Things are starting to get to get crazy. Things are opening back up, and there's a lot of fun new information coming out. So, with that being said, this fun new information starts from like Thursday. Of course, great timing again on the release date. Take a bow. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but no. Hades Town released on Thursday, I think. Like it was literally like as soon as I released, it was like out. I feel like the next day. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was a little bit after. Hades Town pulled the "Oh, I don't think so" card, and they were just like, "No, we're gonna be the first Broadway show to reopen, and we're reopening on September second. You think Broadway's reopening on September fourteenth? Think again." Um, and that's right, guys. Like I don't know. Like if you if you kind of miss that little punchline there. Hades Town's going to be the first Broadway show to reopen, and Broadway is going to be reopening even sooner than we all thought on September 2nd with Hades Town starting up Broadway. Uh, I'm so excited. 
Hadestown is one of my favorite shows. And another show also announced that they will be opening up on October 13th, and that is The Girl from the North Country. So that is going to be reopening with most of the original cast, but some of it uh, will be different. And there was also another show that announced its opening, like, ever. Um, one of the first new shows post-pandemic. And that's Thoughts of a Colored Man. And one of our past Take a Bow guests, who literally was doing everything at the time, he was stage managing, doing scholarships, all of the things. Um, you probably may know who I'm talking about from just saying that. Um, uh, but now he's gonna be co-producing this show. It's his first time producing. He's so excited. Cody Renard Richard is going to be co-producing this brand new show, and this is the first play in Broadway history to be written, directed, lead produced, and led by a cast of black men. How incredible is that? It needs to happen. It This needs to be normalized. This shouldn't even be a news like headline that you see like it's such a big deal that that's the case. Like this should be a thing already, you know? Like I can't believe it's taken until 2021 to be like, oh, this is the first play in Broadway history to be written, directed, led, lead produced, and led by a cast of black men. Like this is going to be amazing. It's going to be it has an amazing cast. The tickets go on sale June 18th, and they're going to open up on Broadway. They're going to open previews, that is, on Broadway on October 1st. So it's so exciting just to see all of these new shows. That's one of the first um, new shows post-pandemic that announced that it's going to be reopening when Broadway returns. So it's happening. Another show that is one of the first shows that is going to be opening up post-pandemic is actually coming from off-Broadway. That's right, we're getting some off-Broadway news, and that's great to hear, but we still don't have all of it yet. There's still a lot of question marks surrounding off-Broadway. But I have to say, I think this one came sort of out of left field, especially for me. Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh will be opening off-Broadway sometime this fall. I didn't even know they were making a a musical out of that. So Winnie the Pooh's heading off Broadway. We have some shows opening up. It's going to be insane. It doesn't have a release date yet. It doesn't have a cast yet. But once we get that information, I'll definitely keep you all updated. Um, It's just exciting times. And speaking of even more exciting times, the Tony Awards. Okay, I have some beef with the Tony Awards, though. And I'm going to get into it right now. So the ceremony is going to be airing live on Paramount Plus and CBS on September 26th and will be followed by a live concert event to celebrate Broadway's reopening. But yes, you heard that right. September 26th, after Broadway's going to be reopened for three weeks, Broadway is still going to be having a virtual Tony Awards. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. Broadway's already going to be reopening. I feel like people should just, they should have it live. Like, not like, I mean, they are going to have it live, but you know what I mean. Like, they should have a Tony Awards. Maybe of just the nominees at the least. Maybe not an audience, but people shouldn't be having to zoom in from home to accept their Tony Award. You know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that'll change. Maybe, um, we'll maybe more will come out about that and they're kind of just figuring it all out still but we have a date and it's going to be on september 26th and it's going to be very very exciting it's the 74th annual tony award and guess what it's going to be a four hour celebration 
Isn't that insane? It's going to have a four-hour celebration. It's going to be two hours of awards, and then it's going to be two hours of a concert to celebrate Broadway reopening. So very exciting things happening, and we have to wait until September for all of it. But that's okay, because we're, we're getting hope, and we're getting good news, and why not share that good news to make people's days? Really, like, come on. Um, but it, it's going to be very interesting to see what to do and how this all goes about and working. They really haven't specified how it's going to work as far as like an audience and all of that. But I don't know. It seems like it's going to be virtual right now. So with that being said, we have one more thing to do before we go over to the interview. And we're going to talk Drama Dictionary. So this week's Drama Dictionary Word of the Week is 11 o'clock number. And that's more of a phrase of the week, but, like, it's fine. You understand. So, 11 o'clock number is, like, the best song in the show. You know? Like, it's, like, the showstopper. So, like, in Sideshow, it's, like, I Will Never Leave You is the 11 o'clock number. And in Finding Neverland, it's kind of hard to, like, pick out the 11 o'clock number because usually it's, like, halfway through Act 2. But, like, low-key, the 11 o'clock number in Finding Neverland is stronger. But, like... I don't know. I guess the 11 o'clock number in Finding Neverland would be like play or we're all made of stars. Um, that it, it, to give to give examples. I don't know if that like helped in Wicked. It's like defying gravity in. Yeah, you, you get what I'm saying. Like in in Dear Evan Hansen, it's words failed. Like, you know what I mean? It's like the showstopper that like everyone's like, oh my God, over literally could get a standing ovation every night. Um, That's their favorite song in the show. That's their favorite part, whatever it may be. Literally in the color purple, it's I'm here. Literally, Cynthia Revo would get standing ovations mid-performance. Like, that's what 11 o'clock number is. It's that number that is just outstanding from the rest. It's sh- a showstopper. It's the one that everybody leaves the theater singing. It's, like, the best part of the show. And uh, if you didn't know, now you know. And our guest is no stranger from singing those 11 o'clock numbers. So, Natalie Weiss, if you don't know her yet, you you gotta look her up. She's... Her voice is absolutely insane. She's literally known for her voice, for her singing abilities. She was a American Idol finalist. She has recorded songs for The Greatest Showman. She's recorded songs for Dear Evan Hansen that you hear in those pr- productions. Um, she was in Emoji Land, And now she's created this brand new crash course of singing. And that's Breaking Down the Riffs with Natalie Weiss. And we're going to get into all of it in a second. But just a reminder, it is out today. So go check it out. Today, it's released. It was great timing. Um, it's released today, May 27th, on a Thursday. Go check out NatalieWeissVoice.com to learn more about the um, crash course that she's created sign up, whatever it may be, but she's also going to talk about it right now. So without further ado, Natalie Weiss, curtain up. On 
this week's episode, we have a vocal goddess in the house. So she's literally known for like her effortless singing ability. I mean, from her belt, her riffs, her effortless mix, the flips, everything in between. Um, she's also a Broadway star, for those of you who didn't know, and she's an American Idol semifinalist. And she's one of the top vocal teachers in the industry. So everyone welcome to Take a Bow, Natalie Weiss. Oh my God, that is so kind. What? Oh my God, I'm so excited for you to be here. At the end, if... Oh my God, of course. At some point in this interview, if it's okay with you, because... Carolee Carmelo has played my grandmother and she's been on this podcast and everything like that. I saw on your resume that you could do like a vocal impression of her. So at some point I would love to hear a little snippet of that. Oh my goodness. I mean, look, she's an icon. So like, she, is it, a, it's not like in, it's like in the best spirit because she's an icon. Right. Of course. Okay? I mean, anyone okay. who ever gets impersonated is an icon. Yes. Um. Okay. So let's start out with who is Natalie and what kind of got you interested in musical theater? Um, okay. I basically started out with classical piano lessons very early on. Mm. That's kind of like my intro to music. And then my parents took me to pop concerts really early. So like Madonna at age five and very inappropriate and Billy Joel yeah. and <laughs> Janet Jackson and... They took me to Les Mis when I was seven and I was like in the yeah. balcony, like, what's going on? Where's On My Own? I had no idea about the plot. I just wanted to hear On My Own. <laughs> oh my God. And then like Phantom, you know, but none of my family is like, mu- they're musical, but they're not in musical theater. So the life that I lead is so weird. They're like, this life yes. I lead is so weird because they're like in the medical field. So anyway, right. so I went to performing arts high school half a day. Um, I started you know, my coaching career for free, I guess, in college and in high school, because my friends would be like, play this song for me, like, let's sit around and harmonize. And then they would like sing a performance and come back and be like, was that pitchy? So it sort of started Mm. there. And I had this like, I don't know, interest in teaching. So I did apply for music ed and musical theater. I chose musical theater. I went to Penn State for musical theater. Um, I thought theater people were just my people. Love that. Yes. Um, So in college, (laughs) I was like, you know, coaching my friends and singing in a practice room for fun. Um, I would sort of like organize group songs and like assign parts. And like, I sort of like thrived in that um, space. So that was like always the side thing. My senior year of college, I was singing a dream girl song at the head of the program's house. And I was like doing it like an opera joke. And one of the freshmen filmed it and he was like, yeah, girl. And he put it on this thing called youtube.com. And that was 15 years ago. So you were two years old. Stop it. Wait, when were you born? I was three. I was three. When were you born? 2003. Okay, 2006 is when YouTube, right. So the musical theater YouTube world was just happening. So this person put it on YouTube and called it, and I'm telling you, white girl can blow. And then the video got a lot of hits. I mean, viral in the terms of like, you know, TikTok is billions. This was like a couple thousand, you know, at the time. Uh-huh. So then it just sort of built. And then like my showcase video went viral in a musical theater sense. So viral back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just kind of built from there. And then was doing concerts, concerts and like auditioning, doing some shows, did a tour, um, getting known in like the concert recording world. So at the time, like all the new musical theater writers were happening at the same time. And I had just graduated. So I was like this mm-hmm. fresh face. Um 
And then fast forward to 2012, I was on tour with Les Mis for like three and a half years, two and a half years. And I was a swing. So yes. I was, you know, I had a lot of offstage time. I was understudying roles like crazy whore and bloody whore. And I wasn't necessarily creatively fulfilled, <laughs> but making the most money of my career. So I was like, I guess I'm going to stay here. So, yeah. you know, I found the time to like teach across the country and, you know, work on little passion side projects. So um, Beyonce's Halo had come out probably a few years prior. And one of my friends was listening to Halo and she was like, how many notes are in the riff on the word night? And I was like, let me listen. So I listened to the notes and I was like, okay, if you, it's like seven notes. If you tilt your head on the fifth note, you can land it better. And she was like, cool, that works. So I like remembered that. And then I was what? about to do one video with like a bunch of riffs, like, hi everyone, it's Natalie here with some riffs. Like I was just going to do it on photo booth. Then I was like, you know what, let me do one for uh -huh. now. And then, okay, you count in order. So like, I'm not going to count backwards. It's you hit seven notes and then like you tilt your head. And, and then I was like, let me like cast my friend as like a very good singer, but a medium riffer. So it's not like so advanced and like not so tone deaf, you know? So I basically was trying to create this like pop singing for dummies mentality. My friend had a good camera and a good, and was a good editor. And then it just turned into this 35 episode thing that I just was doing lingo where people could just walk on the street and be like, half step and tilt and the, you know what I mean? Like recite the lingo fast. That was the goal. And then it just like kind of took off. And then the rest is history. Oh my God. First of <laughs> it all. It was never like calculated. It's very weird. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know where to start because there are so many branches of questions that I could branch off to. Um, I guess we'll start with Lame Is. So you saw, you said that that was like one of your first shows that you saw and then you were now, that was like your first professional show after going to college for musical theater. So first of all, what was that like to see like your first broad, like first like show? Oh, like full circle for, yeah. Right. Well, so I had done a few shows before Les Mis. It was my longest run of like a show. I had, I did Wicked for very, very short time. Oh. Everyday Rapture for limited run on Broadway, um, which was awesome. Um, uh -huh. Which was like 11 years ago now. Oh my God. Then on, and then <laughs> Um, I did Les Mis for the, I was, I remember getting cast as a swing and I was like a swing. I didn't audition for a swing. I'm not capable of this. I thought I was going in for the Fontaine cover. And so I was like, Oh, I'll be on tour six months. And then like, when you're on tour, I mean, you know, right. You did funny Neverland tour here or in New York. No, I did it in New York, but I did the Mary Poppins tour. So I do you know it. New York. Yeah. Okay. Mary Poppins tour. So you see, like, I remember thinking like you sign up for housing so far in advance that it's like. I guess I could ride this out. Like, okay. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, I guess I'm staying on this whole tour. And then the, the show was doing so well. So yeah, doing the show that I first saw, I think everyone's first show was like this yeah. growing up. Um, but yeah, it was kind of like a full circle moment, but um, I don't know, being on tour, I just loved moving always. And like, I always was like, how do you just go on the same set? And like, you always have like the you have like signs everywhere. You, you know where everything is and you get used to it. And then you have amazing food on tour and like you could sightsee for free, you know? Yes. I liked being able to not be static. It always keeps you on your toes. Yes. And you know, yeah. socially it's important too. I, I loved my cast. I had really good friends. I think socially on tour, if you're uncomfortable, it's not ideal. So in New York, mm -hmm. if you're like, oh my God, I go to a job, you go to a job and then you go home on tour. It's like your tour family, you know? Exactly. So yeah. Absolutely. Comfortable. Yeah. Absolutely. And wait, so was Wicked your first professional show that you did? 
What was your first professional? No, loan? I got my equity card at Pittsburgh CLO the summer before of my course. June senior summer before my June senior year. Um, I did Beauty and the Beast, Greece and Forty Second mm-hmm. Street, and then the next summer I did another season. Yes, there. so that's actually so that was like my first. That's what yeah. we bonded over. Okay, so oh my god. So many things to talk about it. Um, that's what we bonded over when we first met each other at the Greatest Showman readings because that's where I got my start because that's where I'm from. Oh my god, I don't remember. Oh my that. god, what? yes. So yeah, so I was like, for you saying we had like our first little like whole like I guess company read through, um, and you were yes, s- two thousand. Oh god, four year, four, I don't know. I I still had a. It might have been. I, yeah. It, I don't know. I I don't think it was 2014 because I like moved that here then. Um, so okay. I think it was like 2015 or 2016, but like in that vicinity, oh, okay. um, in that area. So yeah, so I like heard your voice and I was like, oh my god, I have to like go over and talk to her. It was you. It was Lauren oh, and so it was cute. Ben Thompson. And um, I was like, oh my god, hi, I'm Eli. It's so nice to meet you. Um, I'm like this new kid, right, in New York. Um, and then you were like, oh my god. No, you were like, hi, right. Eli. And I was like, oh yes. And you were like, oh my god, wait, where are you from? And I was like, I'm from Pittsburgh. And she was like, oh, you know that I think I have. Sorry, I think I have your voice memo of a million dreams. Stop on it. Oh anyway, I, I would continue to hear that again. That is. That I love that song so much, and the show is okay. Anything, anyways, oh. that was such a, that was okay, a great so time, Pittsburgh. and it was, yeah, Pittsburgh, and that's what we like bonded over. And then, like, each time we had like those little readings that we did, I was like, Oh my god, that's my friend from Pittsburgh! <laughs> like, she knows she was doing the CLO because that's where I did my first show as well. Um, so that's so that's funny. where I got my start. it's so funny how many yes. people like start out there and you don't even realize. Oh, yes. Oh my God, go Pittsburgh, go CLO, go everything. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, so then, yes. of course, so like, did you always know that you like had this voice? So you said you were in high school and you like knew that you were like so good and you had like this great ear. <laughs> I knew I was so <laughs> Yeah, good. and you wanted no. to teach and everything. Um, did I always know I was so good? No. Um, I think honestly, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think like I did the talent show in like fourth grade as okay. a piano player. So like my skill was piano, mm-hmm. piano. So I sang at like eight and nine. Like there's a video of me singing on my own, like poorly. I think I'm good, but it's like, uh, like vibrato was all over the place. Like I was not a child star. It was like shaky vibrato <laughs> trying to riff. Like literally it was like every day. Like imagine if it was like, 
I love him, but so it'd be like, um, every day I'm like, imagine I wanted to do that now. Uh-huh. It would be like, I'm like, it was like trying to do it then. <laughs> right. I could see that I like wanted to imitate like Mariah and Whitney. But um, <laughs> so basically, I would sing around the house and do like really bad riffs, but I didn't know what like clean riffs until I did the talent show in fifth grade. And I sang The Greatest Love of All by Whitney Houston. And I like, can't find the video, but I distinctly remember like being Peter Pan as a 10 year old oh. with like nodules, like fully nodule 10 year old and like tink, tink, like screaming and like no vibrato, like pitch, I guess. Uh-huh. Then I sang, I believe the children, no stage presence, right. like literally like, <laughs> like swaying. And I'd be like, I believe the children are future. Um, show them all the beauty they possess inside. Like, tone riffs and vibrato obviously my tone has changed and i've my voice has deepened and i didn't really finesse myself as an artist but i remember as an 11 year old that i i could riff at some to some degree and my parents were like wait what you know what i mean like they kind of knew i could match pitch they tell me i was musical early but like nobody knew i was going to be a singer because nobody in my family is like a singer Uh so i think that started it and then you know singing and then doing shows and finding that I had this voice uh that has been improved I mean like I learned so much I mean I was not the person who just could sing it I used to calculate like what voice did I didn't know how to really sing until Mm -hmm. college no but you were a natural like you knew like there was definitely something I I was a natural at 11 yeah wow not like a five-year-old who has vibrato you know like ah you know, those oh ones, yeah, absolutely. I don't know when your vibrato came in, but it whoop, still hasn't. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> no, um, it was there, and then my voice changed. <laughs> voice yes. changed. Navigating right. voice changed. It's, okay. You got a whole. You got a whole. Do a whole new uh, relearn of it, and it's uh, it's cute. So then, like, you had to have known, like, at some point, like, as you continue to find your voice, and you're just like doing all of these amazing riffs and you're starting to like really like learn your voice and learn how to belt and everything like that let's talk about the the, what you did most recently before like the pandemic uh emoji land yeah so okay first of all you didn't get to see it i didn't but my dear friend josh layman was in it (gasps) and so him oh finding neverland him playing that part oh my god comedy gold i gotta tell you about a moment of like sorry i'm just reapplying lipstick no i love it just for you thank Um, you (laughs) i i gotta tell you about a comedic moment that like i just i need i need footage of to see do it i want it continue oh okay there's this part that apparently off broadway i'm sorry Mm -hmm. at nymph because this is off Mm -hmm. at nymph he improvised a line that got later on added to the script because he's that much of a comedian of course so i do this big song where I'm like, I'm going to build a wall. It's like a, a firewall. It has to do with a phone. And it's like a, it's a very, um, it was very apropos to like the wall of building the wall and the, the Trump, you know, it was very into that. So yeah. I right. do this thing. It's like, I know what I stand for. Big belty song, lots of riffs and belts. Yes. Yes. And then it finishes and it's like this. And then his line is, wait, hold on. Construction worker. That was so loud. And literally his delivery of it was, that was so loud. And I'm like, like the line is so genius. So one day he was like, and I had to go like this, right? 
and just not break. Right. One day, I'm not joking. I think it was 90 seconds of him like fully crying <laughs> and me deadpan, the audience dying. The moment was not, it's supposed to be another line that interrupts. Oh. It was like a minute and a half of construction worker. That was so loud. And then I was like, and like nobody broke. It was so funny though. I was Stop dying. it. Only Josh Lehman. Only Josh Lehman. No, literally. He's amazing. He's everything that you want he to like is... be on a stage, you know? And he's so, he's so supportive. Oh my like, God. He's just always so kind to me. He's like, if I ever was like worried about something, he was like, you got this. Yes. He literally, so he puts com- everyone so before confidence himself. Confidence building. It's like he's he's a gift from God, literally. He's uh, an angel. Um, but did you ever like ever like think that you'd be playing an emoji in a show on stage? No. Yeah. No. Right. No. It happened. No. I, I didn't even know about the construction worker emoji. Yeah. So, uh, definitely not. And I found out about it very last minute. I was like on a solo tour, like having a really fulfilling, like doing my solo show in Vegas and Utah and LA. And then I got this email out of nowhere. I was like, would you be interested in this show? And I was like, hello. So I like, wasn't even planning on doing a show. I didn't even know the writers. Turns out we had a lot of mutual friends and, um, yeah, it happened. And of course they wanted you to belt your face off. (laughs) Well, um, yeah, but I was like, you know, I've never played a role in New York. Nobody's ever seen me play a role. And I was like, I got to prove everyone. I'm an actor too. Uh So, you know, I had played Molly and Ghost like outside the city, but sure. I was like, no, this is my chance to play a role right in New York where everyone can see it. Right. So. Is the construction worker now your favorite emoji? <gasps> Ooh, I do. This is really random. I do use the pregnant woman a lot yes. when I'm feeling really bloated and full. Amazing. <laughs> I love that. That's a, that's a great yes. time to use it. Um, I always use laugh and cry all the time. Oh, always. Always. Well, I'm going to have to start using the construction worker. I actually never have used it before. I will admit that. No, I mean, like, why would yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not like I've had, like, an actual excuse to use it. But, like, no, yeah. yeah, it's, I love it. I love the fact that that was turned into a musical. And I actually, like, went backstage. Josh showed me the set and everything. Because he actually, when I was oh, planning. Oh, that was incredible. Oh, my set. God. That whole like backstage, I've never been into that theater before. Um, so just like going through mm-hmm. the theater and the lobby and like it was just so like unique and just not your like normal Broadway stage and, and or like New York theater, I guess. Um, but it was so neat totally. when Josh showed me it and because I was coming to him because he had a podcast already. So I was like, what's going oh, yeah. on with like the whole podcast game? And he was like, come back on Emoji Land. I'll take you backstage and talk to you about it. I was like, okay, great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's he's a saint. Um, so let's talk about what you're doing now. You have now, as we mentioned, you went viral for breaking down the riffs, and it kind of turned into this series and everything like that. And now you've started this um, like online class for it. So tell yeah, tell us what it is, exactly is, and like what totally. how do you get involved in. Yes. Okay. So basically it's my first digital product where it's a buy once use at your own pace. Like actually don't have to be in a time zone, Mm -hmm. a fully produced product with 15 modules, do at your own pace. Like my methodology of like how I basically break down riffs, but like also nuanced pop tools that I add to how to approach a pop song whether it be, you know, I am a musical theater singer, I don't know how to do pop tools, or um, I am an advanced riffer and I want more tools to hear music a different way and add 
other things to my toolbox. Um, and just to like add fun and ease to the world of pop singing, where I think there's like this big anomaly with riffing and it's like, it's not as hard as you make it. And mm -hmm. I've been working on it for the past year, 24 hours a day, oh seven days a week. I have no life. And I'm, you know, launching it this month. Um, I'm very excited. And they have unlimited access to it. Yes. So it's not like a Zoom or anything like that, right? No. Okay. It's a fully, fully produced product that they learn from me at their own pace. I love that. Um, yes. And they can just pra practice tools they can use. Um, song reference guide for anything I reference in the course. Um, there's all these goodies that they get at the end of it. Brilliant. It's just like a very cumulative, comprehensive thing that I've like basically my life's work into one project. For sure. That's awesome. So yeah. is it kind of just a course solely for riffing or is it like everything? So it's basically, it's not. So it's definitely a course on pop technique and riffing. Okay. Whereas like all the stuff you see in my coaching is like placement and tone and belting. That's not this course. That's maybe in the future. Like when I'm actually working with students, this is like your pop toolbox riffing technique, um, the mechanics of riffing and, and how to implement it and like pop tools. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, that's the gist of the course. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So let's get into your, what you do as a vocal teacher. So like, how are you adjusting to this teaching online kind of pandemic thing? Yeah. Well, you know, before the pandemic, I had done, you know, a few, um, zoom coachings. I never preferred it unless I had met them in, in person, but like, honestly, I'm so used to it now yeah. that I'm almost like, I can't imagine in-person coaching. So oh. <laughs> almost like, you know, I've made crazy breakthroughs with students this year really? that I have never met, which is so crazy to me. Like this, like, for example, like this one girl who I like just have bonded with and like, I have really felt like I've changed her voice with her and like discovering things that I was like, I cannot believe we've never met. Yeah. Like it's possible on Zoom. Yeah. I never thought it was. So that was crazy. And then the crazy thing about my business online that like was like thriving in September was when I did this belting for classical and legit singers and pop technique for legit singers back in September, wow. I normally in New York would be like, okay, I'm doing a class. And then like, I don't know, 10 singers. And then like, who wants to observe? It's like what two teachers observe. Uh -huh. I had like 150 teachers apply to just watch oh from God. all over the world. It was so crazy. That's incredible. So that was like, they weren't even trying to sing. They were just like, mm, I just want to watch the series. It was like a three week series. So that was a crazy... I know. I feel like everyone like yes. doesn't even know. Like I feel like as we slowly open back up, everyone's kind of like, "What do you mean? Like I I can just like continue doing what I'm doing." I can like, sit in my sweatpants yeah. every day. I don't want to change that. Right. Everyone's kind of just like, every day. Can you even tell right now? <laughs> no, you can. You can. You look great. Um. So, <laughs> do you think like I I don't know. Especially for me, I feel like I tend to like fill my head with like myths and superstitions and everything like that about like my voice do you feel like there are like myths and stuff out there like about people's voices that's a good question i mean look yes of course there are and yes there are literally like passagios and breaks right, right? but I, in my school of teaching i don't believe yes. in them in terms of mental blocks we love that you know what i mean like yes there are but like when people come to me, they're like, okay, my break is entity. I'm like, stop talking. Uh -huh. Stop. I basically just like a part of my whole thing is breaking down the mental block. Yes. <laughs> so trademark. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. Um, hold on. I, uh, 
Yeah, so much of what I do is mental. And like, I have so many singers who have unbelievable ability and huge <coughs> confidence problems. Yeah. And when I can like break that for them, that's huge. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, I love the moments of, wait, you know, and honestly, as a teacher, I'm making up shit all the time. Like, oh wait, this visual helps me. Mm -hmm. What if we did this? And they're like, oh, I love like the light bulb faces and like finding new things all the time. And I'm finding things about my voice all the yeah. time. Like I teach differently. I sing differently than I did. Wow. Um, even when I have to find a placement, I'm like, what am I doing? You know? Uh -huh. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a, it's a real thing. I feel like your voice is a lot to do with your brain, like in your head and like the way that you like think it's so. And your body. Yeah. Does. It's, it's, it's crazy how it's literally connected to like your whole being uh your just your voice totally. in like that one muscle is just like it's it's incredible um but what you do and like literally if anyone watches their videos or her videos um and just like watches from like literally the time it starts to like literally like two or three minutes later it's like just hearing the difference and what you can find and how you can hear it and how you can help it's it's amazing it's brilliant Oh, yes. It's very, my favorite thing to do is like tweak and finesse. Like I'm not a builder. I'm not going to take you from can't match pitch to a, you know, prodigy. Right. I love making small changes, but the small changes make a big difference, I believe. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk to you about hmm. Dear Evan Hansen. Okay. Because okay. I, I, I don't know, like, do you kind of go to Dear Evan Hansen? So for those of you who don't know, Natalie is like in the Dear Evan Hansen album because she's like sings like you will be found, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and you and waving. And waving. Okay. So like do you go to the show and you're like, wow, I'm seeing a show that like I'm in, but like not? Like, I don't know. Like, what's that like? <clears throat> well, the good news is not in pandemic, but you get right. that residual check when you're uh, being played on tour yes. and on Broadway. So that is a sweet couch paycheck. Amazing. Um, I think it is so cool. I think, honestly, I, I feel like we recorded all the parts of people. There's a voice that sounds like me that's like a spoken line, and everyone's like, that's you on, like, on the album. And I'm like, it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's, right. It's literally not. I didn't have a spoken line as far as I can remember. Okay. So, yeah, we, we sang all the parts, I think. It's like 12 of us. Can you, like, hear your voice? Like, can you, like, pick I it out? I can on certain things. Okay. Certain parts, yes. Wow. But, like, barely. I feel like I can hear so my cool. voice on the Greatest Showman soundtrack. Oh my god! Wait, let's talk about that. So, which songs on were the you one in? Part. So, I recorded on the Greatest Show. This is me, Come Alive, and from now on, uh -huh. the part you can hear me. I think I, I think it's like three, three twenty something on Come Alive. It's like me and Lauren going, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Of course. Other Lauren. than that, we sang every part. We tripled every part. I know Lauren. Wow, you tripled every part, so it's just like we you just guys. Sang every part and stacked. No, 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 not it. us. I meant all the singers oh, sang every part. I was gonna say it was like, just you two. Oh my god. No, 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 no. I mean, like the reason I can't really hear myself on on ensemble is because I really believe we stacked a lot of vocals. Yeah. You know, just everyone screaming. Right, of course. <laughs> and that and does um, that happen like often? Like, you know, from like movie musicals or like even on Broadway with like what Dear Evan Hansen did and everything like that. Like, does that stuff happen? Like mm -hmm. like basically I think for something I did recently, we sang our specific parts and then we stacked them. So we definitely had separate parts. Sometimes all all the females are gonna sing all the parts. Okay. And all the males are going to, you know, it depends on what they want. Um, the funny part about Dear, not Dear Van Hansen, 
Greatest Showman is the the end of the Greatest Show opening number, uh-huh. which you've seen change so many times. Yeah, there were so many versions of the opening number. I mean, I have audios of like, "This is your ticket to the Greatest yes! Show." Oh my god, like, that was on my voice memos. Yes, I was obsessed with that. Yes, that so one and so oddities. Versions. Do you remember oddities? Oh my, yes, of course. I love that song, but like. That was like the original so This Is Me, so I'm changes. happy with This Is Me, but like... Oh my, yes. So it's been so interesting being a part of a process, seeing all the changes. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, so were you in like the Dear Evan Hansen readings and stuff like that? Were you able to watch that change or like... I was never there, but it's funny enough, I was doing this recording with Justin and Ben the other day for a different project of course. I can't talk about. And they were reminiscing with me but they were like how many demos have we done together since college i mean since right because we graduated separate colleges same year uh-huh. we were doing this thing in 2009 and we were reminiscing about how it went we were singing it and then i was like what about that other thing and they were like that's what evan hansen became and i was like no what? way this demo i did for them in like 2008 or 9 was the story of a boy finding his true passion and i was playing this part on this demo and it was Evan Hansen, and I had no idea. Unbelievable. So that's how long people work on shows. You yeah, know? that's crazy. Wait, so 2008, they probably opened in what, 2015? Probably. Jeez, like seven years. Probably been five, yeah. Unbelievable. That's so cool, though. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. ah, that's just, uh, that's the coolest part of, like, what we do is just, like, watching, like, the progression of each project, totally. you know, like path and what they go on and what they do. Uh, it's just so cool. Um, speaking of like past and everything, I want to talk about the process of American Idol. Where was, where did, woof. Woof. oh, woof. was that like intense? Yeah. Here's the thing about like, I'm very big on like path and like, I wanted that more than anything. Yes. Like it was my dream. Uh-huh. And like the funny thing about like, dreams changing i watch all the shows like i'm obsessed yeah with them. i'm a huge fangirl i watch them i do reacts i have a desire to coach on that oh. show not to be on that anymore really it's just so interesting how it's just like oh god i can't believe that and then i always think what if i made it on the show what if my video didn't go viral in 2006 what you never right. know and i was like crushed when that happened uh-huh. i was like my life is over mm. my life isn't over you know um my experience was what it was. You know, I got put with the group with annoying stage parents. And um, I was known for the girl in the yellow shirt with the group with the parents that were intense. Right. And um, maybe I got a lot of screen time. Maybe if I was with a different group, I would have made it. Maybe if I chose a different song, I would have gotten put with a different. No idea. Yeah. And the funny thing is now Michael Orland, who's like, you know, a vocal coach on the show, he like loves my videos. And he's like, oh my God. And I'm like, Michael, I was like cut and destroyed from that show but i'm like he's like oh right oh my god did we you know like wait i mean i'm a different person i've improved since then like my performance was like fine right you know oh my god it was fantastic it blew up i mean i was 19 i'm so right right no you're not no you're not you're not old trust me oh my god i was still older than you stop it (laughs) don't mean it we don't need to talk about it Uh, wait 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 so let me get this right is you're like are you saying that you would be interested in judging it or like being like a vocal coach on it vocal coach okay okay oh my god i could see both i mean i was just i just wanted that clear um okay but like i have to ask golden ticket or like getting a call that you're like in a broadway show now i have no interest in being on those shows in terms of golden ticket i think honestly now 
there's very few roles that I have like a real desire to play there. Mm. I think like if a waitress situation came yes. back, I really would love to do that. Oh my God. Um, or a new, a new role that was like, that I felt really passionate about that I felt like I could connect to and not, you know, there's not a lot of roles I connect to. So I really would want to make sure it was right. And also my confidence level, like, I'm just like, I just have to, you know, it has to be the right fit. Sure. So is it like more like you're just kind of going to focus on like being a vocal teacher? Uh, right now, yes. I'm really focusing on that with other opportunities happening. Okay. You know, whatever happens, happens. I'm not, I would love to also be on an Amy Schumer show. Oh my God, like, you yes. know, there's like a world where I could be on a sitcom. I just haven't had. Natalie, we need to make this happen. Hello? Come on. Come, Eli, come on. Come I just on. sort of like let it I let it fly because it's hard to get in the room. Yes. You know I mean? Oh my God. Put it out there. Natalie Wise for an Amy Schumer show. There. Yes. Come on. Come on. Manifest dreams. it. Come on. Just give me a good deadpan role. I got you. Right. Right. Oh my God. And then it turns <laughs> into a series regular, you know? Oh, <laughs> we, yes. Oh my God. That's that's iconic. I would I'm here for that. Um, but okay, yes. you may not have been able to like be a coach on American Idol, but you have been a coach for the Jimmy Awards, and we've had a couple of Jimmy Award contestants oh. on the show. Um, and we've talked about kind of like that whole like process and week. I would love to hear what it's like at, from a, a coach's and judge perspective, I guess. Like, how cool that is that process? I mean, that was my dream because I had watched the Jimmys and I'd also attended them, yeah. like attended the party and just am so blown away by the talent. It's just like not to be believed. Mm -hmm. So to be around like such young talent is like, oh my God, I was not like that. It's like, I can't imagine right. like these like nuanced performances as a 17 year old is just, they're crazy. So it was just such Insane. a proud moment because they're already amazing and just like fine tuning it and like watching all the people and like, I don't even know how they pick because they're like 90 amazing people, you know? Yeah, it's insane. And like, just to like see the talent that's come from the the awards themselves, like it's just been incredible who, how, who they've been to like, bring like showcase really and just like showcase totally. their talent um but that's so cool i feel like to be a part of that oh it definitely was oh my god yeah oh my god i love it um okay so we you mentioned you you love all the tv you love all the reality tv, love all the TV. um well not all of them but like my specific ones i'm not a housewife watcher. No, no 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 we don't like the housewives no no, no. uh <laughs> we we like the mass singers we do like the mass singers i think we do. um and we like the bachelor we have to talk about we like the bachelor. yes and i and we just need to talk about it okay because the bachelor has been kind of like crazy lately um so Ooh. first of all what is like who is your favorite like bachelor or bachelorette like either one well definitely think Tasha was like an Tasha, unbelievable yes. bachelorette and like you know i gotta uh, i'm crushing on ivan do you watch the yes season? oh my god okay so like he plays tennis and I'm a tennis player and I was watching his Stop tennis it. videos and I was like, <sighs> like what? And also their conversation about the Black Lives Matter date was mm -hmm. one of the most unbelievable, raw, unscripted date. Like it oh, just yeah. was unbelievable. Television, I don't mean in a dramatic way. I just mean like real. You know? Right. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No so, you know, they broke up because of religious differences, which later on came out. But, I mean, he was such an amazing contestant and her, she just had an amazing season. Um, right. I really thought he after, was going to be yeah. like The Bachelor. I thought they were like going to announce it. I know. I was kind of bummed. But now they're doing like two Bachelorettes in a row, right? They're doing two Bachelorettes and Michelle's going to be an amazing one and Katie's sweet. Oh my God. Um, so what are your thoughts on like the whole like Matt season? Like, was he like one of your favorites I mean, or look, no? People were like, this is the, I, I didn't mind it as much as other people because I'm always entertained by yeah. it. Yeah. I think people were like, I'm so over this. I'm so bored. I mean, they were like, I honestly am never bored. I was so bored by Fantasy Suites Week. I was like, mm. I, you know, it's really tough. I think the whole Rachel Kirkconnell, Kirkconnell, it's really uh-huh. tough to navigate. I think they're maybe back together. Maybe she did some work. Maybe, um, I don't know. I think he needs to know what he wants also. Oops. And I think that conversation with his dad um, happening on live TV after never talking about it. I was like, right. Is this happening? (laughs) Like (laughs) mind blown. That is airing out. It's intense. Really deep stuff, you know? Right. Right. Uh, Yeah, I know. It's, you know, I I am a new, I mean, it's so funny because like the bachelor, like when you think about it, okay, I've been an outsider for too long. My mom has always watched it. Right. And like yeah. literally always watched it like from the first season. And like, I kind of started getting into it in the Colton season, which is a whole nother story that we could talk about. Um, yep. And, um, th- and now I've kind of like gotten more and more into it, but I always was like, how do people watch this show? You know, it's just like a bunch of people like dating this one person. They're all like kind of cheating on this one person and like kissing this one person. It was so bizarre. But like when you start watching it, you kind of get like sucked in. And I don't know what it is about. And did you watch Bachelor in Paradise? I don't really, but my mom (gasps) does. So I like, I don't watch it religiously, like every episode, like I did of Matt's season, but well, it hasn't been on in two years, and I think it's coming. Yes, so. yes, I hear that. The people are waiting. The people are waiting. I think, I think too, like the pandemic, like they didn't want to like rush everything and like mm-hmm. do because usually it's like in between the Bachelorette and the Bachelor seasons and everything like that. So it it was a lot. So I feel like that kind of had a role in it. Totally. And now that things are easing back up, I think they're able to get back into it. But it's been. It's been a crazy past couple of seasons for The Bachelor and this whole like franchise because now with Colton coming out as gay and everything like that, like good for him. I mean, wow. First of all, wow. he was like the first Bachelor who like came on the show as a virgin. So like that was like 
what is happening that was like the talk of like the town and then he like got engaged and i think even married and like they seemed madly in love oh okay engaged Mm -hmm. and i think they seemed like madly in love and then he was like and i met them at junior's stop it i met them outside of harry potter's theater they went to go see harry potter like three years later after the season and i was like oh my god but like yeah it was just i i was in shock and what the bachelor always seems to be like appearing in the headlines but it's a great show and now like is do you tend to like the like the bachelors and like those kind of shows or do you kind of prefer like the more singing shows to like watch I mean, both yeah. on my DVRs, like <laughs> all the singing shows and um, This Is Us. Right. Oh, my and God. I love Shark Tank. Uh-huh. That's on reruns. And so I love Shark Tank. Um, if I have time to watch DVR. Um, but yeah, then I watch like, um, oh, God, I mean, I binge. I, I, hadn't, I haven't binged in a while, but like, I, actually, I have to watch The Handmaid's Tale. The Handmaid's Tale's back. I don't know that one. Hello? What is that? Eli, Elizabeth Moss, hello, it's the, are you with us on Hulu? It's like the biggest show ever. Oh, really? Hello? Yes, Elizabeth Moss. No, I don't know that one. Honestly, I've got on Hulu like nine times and it was solely to watch A Teacher. Did you watch that one with Kate Mara? I watched it. Yes. No, that was like crazy. It was solely to watch a teacher. It was no, like, okay. Actually, it was really good. I watched The Wilds too. Did you watch that on Amazon Prime? I didn't. I've heard that I need to get into it too. I've heard it's a good one. I heard that one and I heard of like the hundreds Mm -hmm. coming back. Like it's starting to get more popular. What's that? It was a show that was like popular on TV years ago. And then, like, now Amazon Prime or Hulu, one of them, like, brought it back. And now it's, like, getting popular again. I don't know. It's It's been... Oh, wow. It, it's okay. one of those, like, futuristic shows that, like, oh, there's, like, 100 people left on the in the world. And, like, they're just trying to survive. And they're doing, like, everything they can. It's kind of, like, do you... Have you heard of Snowpiercer? Heard of it. Yeah, yeah, it's that one with David Diggs because he, he, oh my God, a king. Talk about an amazing show. Um, That's so good. It's, yeah. from what I've heard, I've been able to relate it to Snowpiercer. Um, but it, it seems very interesting. I just realized, can you, can I, I have to charge my phone because I'm going to get a phone call after this and it's totally yes. dead. So can, can I just hold on one sec? Hi. So, I mean, we're going to wrap it up here like any second now anyways. So it's all good. Um, but I do, I do want to say we've talked about like talking you talking about how you like to watch all these TV shows and you like to post about it and everything like that. So how can people find you and kind of have these live reactions of you watching these TV shows? Yes. Um, on Instagram and Twitter, even though I don't really use Twitter, TikTok. Amazing. Um, the Natalie Weiss. Oh my God. TikTok. Come on. You've definitely seen her on your for you page. And if you're not following her, you're insane. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The Natalie Weiss. Natalie, I oh. swear to God, you're I feel like you're like always on my for you page, just like belting your face off. Oh my god, I'm sorry. Really? Yes. When you I'm not really a TikTok. Really? I feel like it's something that like I don't understand how it works and I don't have patience for it, but I literally just like repurpose things. Yeah. I'm more of an Instagrammer. I understand. I feel like TikTok's But whatever a lot. works, right? Yeah, exactly. Just to continue to grow your audience, you know? Um, but didn't you do like a driver's license like cover on TikTok? I did driver's license 
cover off key and a yes. self-coaching of it. Oh my God, you guys, that's another thing I forgot to mention. She's so good that she like is good at singing badly, if that makes sense. She can make herself- I've been singing badly for like, since like eighth grade. Oh my God, no, 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 stop. You like actually like, I don't know how, cause like, I, I don't even, I, I, I honestly just don't even know how. She can like make herself just be off and like make the- like the like when you hear yes. it your like ears like are like what is happening what am i listening to people go is everything okay right oh my god you sound different i'm like <laughs> it's on purpose oh my god it's it's so good those videos are like literally my favorite um and i can't believe i didn't mention it but yeah so the natalie weiss go check her out on social media all the things um and then check uh look for uh, well actually yeah she'll be my new course yeah breaking down the riffs yeah the guide to breaking down the, the riffs by natalie amazing Ray. and yes, full guide and if you're listening if you're like following her on like her social media and everything you'll be getting all those updates about like her course and all of the all of the amazing things that she's up to and the videos of her like vocal lessons and everything that she like kind of drops in here and there um all the amazing yes. things and then also nataliewiceofficial.com and natalieweissvoice.com. There's like products on that that are coming. Oh my God. Wait, wait, wait. Products? You're like a brand. Well, the pro- well, no, <laughs> yes, the product of the course oh, product okay. is sold on natalieweissvoice.com because we had to get another domain for the Oh course. my God. All of the things are happening. I am so excited. This yes. is so exciting. Everyone who's listening to this, Go check her out and go follow her if you're not already. Um, and Natalie, thank you for joining us and ha- coming on and giving us your time. It was great to catch Thanks up with you. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, of course. See ya. Take a bow, Natalie Weiss. Oh, I, I mean, I don't even know what to say. It's just she's one of the few voices in this industry that I was literally blown away. I mean, there are so many people whose voices blow me away, but like, you know, you have those people who, like, you'll never forget, like, the first time they sing and just your reaction to it. It's literally, it was everything that you'd ever want. It was incredible. Um, and she still has an amazing voice. And now she's shifted to, um, you know, really honing in on her voice and her singing ability and has this career as a vocal teacher and now breaking down the riffs. So if you're interested in anything that we talked about today, Go check her out. She's incredible. Um, her crash course is going to be amazing. And it's out today. Reminder. Um, so very exciting stuff happening. You have all that information of when it's coming out, how it's happening, uh, where to go to now um, to sign up for all of that. And just Natalie, thank you for coming on and sharing your experiences. Um, she has had quite the unique experience. I mean, just with her voice and her following, like, you know, to be in one Broadway show and then Emoji Land and Barely and Wicked, like, it was just so unique. And now what she's doing to focus on her voice, and now she's doing Broadway shows, um, but, like, from a distance, like, she's the recorded tracks in Dear Evan Hansen, she's in Greatest Showman, the soundtrack, and everything like that. Like, it's very interesting 
just to see how you could have a career in this industry. Um, and we talk a lot about that on next week's episode as well. So I'm very excited for all that's to come. And uh, Natalie, thank you for coming on. It's been a fabulous week. I never got my Carolee Carmelo vocal impression, but it's fine. I'm not mad about it, okay? I'm not. I'm. It's fine. I'm handling it fine, I swear. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> um, so what are we doing? What are we doing? This week without Broadway, let's talk about what we can do to kind of you know, entertain ourselves while we don't have any shows to go see. Well, you're already doing it by listening to this episode, which is one of the things you can do um, to get your Broadway fix in. But there's going to be some cool events happening this week uh, until our next episode. So on Sunday, May 30th, that's like Memorial Day Eve. Is that like a thing? Memorial Day Eve? I'm making it a thing. We're making Memorial Day a thing, y'all. No, Memorial Day is already a thing. We're making Memorial Day Eve a thing, y'all. That's right. Um, On Memorial Day Eve, we're having a National Memorial Day concert that is a night of remembrance. And that's at 8 p.m. and it's airing on PBS. And it's going to be including some of our favorite performers like Sarah Bareilles. It's going to be having Brian Darcy James. It's going to be having Bailey Madison and so many more like actual like legends, like country legends, pop legends and all those. But those are some of like the Broadway names and kind of the musical theater names that uh, were attached to it. And there, of course, there's there's plenty more. But those are uh, some notable names that are going to be performing then. And there's one more uh, fun event to be excited about for my London listeners, that is. I'm so sorry to everyone else, but this is for my London listeners. In the UK, the show must go on, and they are quite literally making that happen. Uh, A bunch of shows are coming together, and they're going to be performing at the Palace Theatre in London on when, starting Wednesday, June 2nd, which is next Wednesday, um, and it goes until Sunday. So literally, there's going to be a week of performances. There are seven performances that they're going to do. Um, there's going to be two on Sunday, two on Saturday, and then one from w- Wednesday through Friday. Those are all at seven, and two are the matinees on Saturday and Sunday. Um, very exciting. Shows like Come From Away, Dear Evan Hansen, the Tina Turner musical, Wicked, Six, all of these wonderful uh, productions are coming together at the Palace Theater to benefit Acting for Others and the Fleabag Support Fund. So go check that out if you're in London. Go check it out. Support those wonderful causes and organizations. And uh, go see some live theater, y'all. Because live theater, I miss it. I can't wait to see it. Uh, I gotta wait till September. You can go check it out next week. What? What? That's insane. I'm so jealous, but it's fine. It's fine. I'm handling it well. Oh my God. Too many outbreaks this episode. Before I leave you all, I want to give you all some triple E for episode 53. Um, Let's talk about it. So Natalie and I were talking, I know I talked about it a lot on here, but I, it's just, it's a day that I'll never forget. And it's a day that I'll never stop talking about. So as long as you all are listening, you're going to be hearing about it. (laughs) Um, So on we talked, literally, we, we stopped the episode, and we were just like, can we just talk about that day? And we're going to talk about The Greatest Showman. And we're going to talk about each day for three years. 
that uh, we put on this presentation for producing companies. And it's literally, I, I mean, it's everything that you ever want to be a part of. Readings are some of the coolest things. Um, not to just say that like, oh, I was a part of that, but you're also able to listen and learn to see how it grows. Natalie and I talked about um, the beginning, the, the first ever opening of The Greatest Showman. It wasn't that, um, ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. It was it was never uh, The Greatest Show, but it was, this is your ticket to The Greatest Show. Um, and it was this fun, like, craziness. Um, it was it was everything and this is me wasn't in it this is me didn't make it into like the one of the final um versions of the of the show they literally wrote a song and suddenly it was in the third presentation we were like whoa that was incredible that needs to be in the show it was a it was a bunch of other songs before that and just to see it's interesting like to see the songs that do make it and the songs that didn't so like tightrope million dreams and um tightrope million dreams and rewrite the stars i think were the only songs that actually made it from like the original original versions uh never enough wasn't initially in it it was actually sung it was a song sung by betsy wolf um and that wasn't initially in it um tightrope was from now on was was not originally in it it was a, a different show which is the ending that it is now um Come Alive was always in it. So Come Alive, Million Dreams, Tightrope, and Rewrite the Stars were the only four songs in the 11-song soundtrack that actually made it from the first, like, from the first reading that I did. There probably were, like, demos and everything before that. But from the first, like, reading that they actually presented it to a company, um, that was, that was, that, those were the only four songs that made it. So it's really cool to see be a part of that and just to um, I don't know if any of you have seen it, but Jeremy Jordan has this viral video on YouTube of his Fifty Four Below concert and his story of how for the last presentation ever he was casted to play Philip, which is the role that Zac Efron plays in the movie, but he had to do. Due to some minor difficulties, Hugh Jackman actually had skin cancer that he had to get removed for the last presentation. And so they were like, oh, well, Jeremy's an incredible singer. Why doesn't Hugh say Barnum's line and then just sing for him? Because he can talk, but he can't. It's, it's harder to sing and scream and all of that. So Jeremy Jordan, the, the true professional he is, had a day to learn all of Hugh Jackman songs and he delivered it beautifully and then on the last song this from now on he was told that you know like he was literally singing it and then Hugh was like I think I can do it and he's just begins to take over and he's singing this song and with skin cancer, he's he's prevailing through. And it's so emotional. Everybody's going crazy. Everyone's like, oh my God, this is our leader. We all got to step it up. Oh my God, we're jamming out. And literally, it was like literally one of the most fun days. And this is just minutes after Kiala Settle saying, this is me for the first time in front of a live audience. And it was like everything. Like the room was insane. You can't imagine the environment the room was in. And literally everyone was in tears on their feet, smiling. Like 
it was like happy tears, but also sad tears just because like Kiala put us in, a, in our bag and now Hugh is doing this incredible thing. And it was literally like a day I'll never forget. And I'll never forget. I had no clue what I was getting myself into. I saw that it's the greatest showman. And I saw that Ben Pazic and Justin Paul were writing the music. And that's why I was interested in it. So when I go for my first day, obviously we had done a Christmas story together. And so I go for the first day and I'm like, Benj, Justin, great to see you. I, I have most of this song uh, down and uh, I, I'm pretty prepared. So um, I can't wait to like sing it and uh, hear how it goes and everything. And they're like, oh, great, great, great. Well, we're going to bring you in in like four minutes. It's okay. Uh, we're on a little break right now. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Um, <laughs> well, I thought I was going into a room to learn the song with them and sing it the way that they wanted to. But no, I was brought into a room with Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster. And like now I was not like the theater geek, I guess, that um, I guess I've grown into as I've begun to get more appreciation for theater. Um, I was just like blown, blown away. I was like, I know these two. Like, I know these people. Sutton Foster and Hugh Jackman, like, they're stars. Like, Hugh Jackman is a superhero. Literally. Like, he's like a superhero. He plays Wolverine. But, like, he's a, like a real-life superhero. Like, he's insane. Like, he's huge, muscular, like, everything. Like, oh, my God. I can't. Anyways, he, and then Sutton Foster is literally a, a queen, a goddess. Literally, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were like, oh, well, it was actually Bowen Yang's and they were like, you could put Sutton Foster in the like Audra McDonald, Bette Midler kind of icons of Broadway. And I was like, wow, that that's kind of true. Like I never really thought of that. And, um, clear. But then I was like, well, if I knew who Sutton Foster was, then of course you could, because if, I mean, I didn't know many Broadway people. So if I knew you, you were pretty famous. Um, and, and I was like blown away. And here I was, singing this song for Benj Pazic, Justin Paul, Hugh Jackman, and Sutton Foster. And I'll never forget the day because I walked into the room and my heart dropped and I didn't want to sing the song and I was so freaking nervous. And um, I sing this song and all of a sudden they start singing along with me. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm singing a, I'm, I'm singing a, a trio with, with Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster. And it was just like mind-blowing. And like I, I walked out of the room and I was like, you'll never guess who I just sang with. And my dad was like, oh yeah, why? And I was like, I just sang with Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster. He was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I was like, dad, this is a big deal. Um, and like ever since then, like literally going to um, the studio, the rehearsal space, wherever it was with, with that project, with those kind of people, was just a dream like I literally look forward to it every day I'd have to I was doing double duty and I would have to get up even earlier than I usually would to go to do another gig and do another job but it was it was so fulfilling and it was so the things I learned and just how nice everybody was um Hugh Jackman literally a couple months later I I went to go see him in the river and afterwards I was like at the stage door and he recognized me with all of these people just hanging out at the stage door to to um to get his autograph and to meet him and he recognizes me and says 
oh, Eli, like, uh, come here. Like, you should have told me that you were coming. Here, stand over here with the security guard. And uh, afterwards, I'll, I'll, I'll come in and say hi. So I, I stand with the security guard. The security guard brings me into the theater again. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, what is happening? What is life? And Hugh Jackman comes back in and is like, oh, did you like this show? Like, how was it and everything? And I was like, oh, my God, it was amazing. Um, now I'm like a forever Hugh Jackman fan. And I actually have a poster of the river hanging in my room with it signed saying for Eli to my mini me, Hugh Jackman. And it was like, it was everything that I ever wanted in my life. It was, it was like, wow. And that experience, the greatest showman is an experience that I'll never forget. And if those rooms, I mean, I can't even describe it. It was just incredible. If you watch YouTube videos, you're instantly moved. But just imagine being in the room and how much more of an impact it had on you just being in the room for that. It was it was an experience I'll never forget. And I'm so grateful that I was able to have that experience. So that was my fangirling moment about Greatest Showman. I am not salty. A lot of people ask if I'm salty for like The Greatest Showman to that I wasn't like in it. And I was just like, no, like, I was a part of it. The Greatest Showman, like, the lines that are in The Greatest Showman, the way that Million Dreams is written, is written because, like, I created that. Like, and I was in that developmental project of just being like, this needs to be how it goes. And maybe here we can raise it. And maybe here we could go down. Or maybe this key should be different. Like, I was a part of that entire process. And, like, the the role of young Barnum wouldn't be what it was if I wasn't a part of it. So, like, in a way, I, I'm grateful and I was still able to work with some of those people. Obviously, like, not Zac Efron and, like, stuff like that. But, like, it's okay. Like, I was able to work with amazing people in more of my field of Broadway with, like, Betsy Wolf and Kiala Settle. And then we had Andrew Keenan Bolger playing Tom Thumb um and all like there there was just a bunch of a bunch of broadway stars just in a room together collaborating to make this movie musical come to life and it was just everything that you'd ever want and i am not salty that i'm not wasn't a part of it i understand it's the nature of the business it's also the nature of men's bodies <laughs> of how quickly they change and somehow you just can't control it and it, it's not their fault for not giving me the role that I couldn't sing so like it's good it's okay I understand and uh yeah I, I'm just forever grateful to say that I was somehow a part of that production and um yeah it was just it was incredible if you haven't go check out Jeremy Jordan's YouTube video from his 54 Below concert and uh, Aaron Tveit was in it too. I think he has a YouTube video about his story as well. He was the original Jeremy Jordan, the original Zac Efron, um, all of that. And um, yeah, it was just, it was an incredible experience. And um, it's definitely one that is unforgettable and one that everyone should check out all of the videos that are out there on the internet. Um, so yeah, that's this week's Triple E segment, Eli's Entertainment Experience. And I literally could talk Greatest Showman for hours and hours, but um, I'm not going to do that to y'all because it's it's been a long episode and it's been a long outro and it's been a lot of it's been a long segment. But it's over, it's over, and we're gonna and we're gonna see you next week. Okay, we're gonna see you next week, and we're gonna have another amazing guest. And this guest is like no joke, and it's not like any of our other guests. And he has a lot of amazing messages, but he's not even a performer. 
and uh, he's not even a stage manager or a um, or a casting director or director or anything like that. You'll never guess what he is. Um, so I'm very excited to bring that episode to you all, and it's going to be a fun one, and I can't wait to see you all next week. So bye, everyone. Have a great week. Stay safe. Stay well. I'll see you all next week. Bye, everyone. For this episode's curtain call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Brittany Bigelow, Katie Rosen, Alan Seals, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow is Kessie Tokash, who edits the audio and all the visuals for this podcast. A special thanks to patrons Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners at PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com tab. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, don't forget to subscribe on the platform that you're currently listening to this on. Also, feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at TakeAboutPodcast. TakeAbout's logo is designed by Giselle Bustos, and the music is by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon. Bye, everyone. Hope to see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.